Welcome to the Sunset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, uh, the first of 2021, and a very happy new year to all our listeners. Um, the first snowdrops and the first daffodils are out somewhere in Somerset, because I've had colleagues and friends who've spotted them, but uh, haven't seen them myself, but perhaps you have. My name's Andrew Dresetta from Somerset Clinical Clinicianing Group, and I'm GP by background, and I'm joined by my colleague... Peter Bagshaw, uh, also a GP in Somerset, and uh, Somerset CCG Mental Health Clinical Lead. And we're really pleased today to have uh, two guests, uh, filmmaker and film producer, uh, I hope I've got that right, Jesse and Helene, uh, who've made a film on the future of mental health for, um, for um, Somerset Mind and as part of the Time to Change project. Now, I've probably got some of those details wrong, but would you like to introduce yourselves, please? Jesse, please. Hi, I'm Jesse and I'm a filmmaker and editor. Lovely. And living in Somerset? Yes, yeah, and kind of Bristol-based, um, but yeah, actually in Somerset at the moment. Great, and Halim. Hi, yeah, I'm I'm Halim, and I I think you possibly got that right in the term of producer. Uh, I think that's a a big big phrase, but I'd I'd say I'm um yeah, I'd suppose a producer, but also an actor and a presenter as well. And can I ask you to what got you into this? What the background is? What made you want to do the video? Because it's a pretty brave thing to do. Well, um, I think we were kind of put in touch with each other by Hazel, who works for Times Change. And I had done a short video on one of the other Times Change champions, Charlie McFarley, earlier in the year, um, actually in lockdown. And that was him painting a mural of a character called Brian the Brain, who is um, in a skate park in Minehead. And the important mural was to kind of raise mental health awareness and it's just a brain skipping so it's a very simple idea but i did a video on that and then as a result of that hazel put me in contact with halim and together we kind of came up with a concept for what became the future of mental health video and you mentioned time to change can you tell us a bit about time to change for people who don't know the organization yeah i'll, I'll jump in there so um time to change is uh i think it's commissioned by a Public Health England, um, and it's it's focused around reducing the stigma around mental health. So, you know, unlike Mind, it's not focused on treating mental health, but it's focused on reducing the stigma around mental health. That's really helpful. And we're using the term mental health, and it's very interesting how terms over the years change their meanings, and sometimes they, they, they almost pick up a stigma. Uh, and what does the term mental health mean to you and, and uh, is it a helpful term yeah i think that was one of the the points raised in the video is um sort of the the term mental health when you when you say it the, you know mental health i think it has a lot of negative connotations and initially when uh, at least for me when i used to think of mental health i'd think you know pain depression suicide all these really you know horrible um and destructive um sort of things and I think my my personal view of mental health has, has, has changed and I now see it simply as how healthy your mind is you know same as physical health just how healthy your body is and and now I see mental health just as how healthy your mind is um but I think it can have have um sort of some negative connotations and and potentially be unhelpful the term you know it's quite label like 
Thank you. That's very helpful. I wonder, one of the conversations we've had in the past is 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 why we tend to focus on the negative sometimes. And uh, perhaps I can ask the two of you because you've not heard this question before. If I if you ask a hundred people in the street how they are, what do they say? What's the four letter word starting with F that they say? Fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Fit. Fearful, insecure, neurotic, and emotionally imbalanced. So everybody's using, well, I hope they don't say that to me. Uh, everybody's using denial as a, as a first mechanism. And then an awful lot of people, if you ask them, if you push them a bit harder, they say, well, I'm too busy doing all the things I've got to do. So we use denial and displacement. So we, t- we tend to only focus on it when the tank's actually dry, when we run out of fuel. We've not been looking at the, the indicator or the speedometer or anything, which are the early indications for, for problems. So. Um, what what are the themes in your film that you that you would like to share with us? What's the key messages that that you come up with? Um, well, I think as well as it being a kind of broad look at what the term means to people, I think one of the interesting things about the video was that it means kind of something different to everyone. No one ever really gave the same answer when we asked them, you know, what do you think about mental health? And some people would say a little bit like Helene just said, you know, it's quite labelled, like I don't think it's that helpful. And some people would kind of have quite different, like sometimes opposing views to that. But I think it's just something that, you know, maybe it's more in this country than than other ones. It's something that pe- mental health awareness isn't something that people always want to talk about. You know, like I think there's been a bit of a shift in that kind of paradigm over the last few years. And that was something that's quite interesting to explore and just talking to different people about kind of their experiences of it, kind of like, you know, kind of talking about potentially raising awareness of it in younger people. Um, it was, it kind of worked as like the film kind of as a whole works as a bit of a kind of conversation starter really. And it's kind of, it makes people think of their, you know, the first time that they, um, kind of maybe experienced a term or like maybe that, you know, whether they could have, had been helped by hearing that the kind of things that were talked about in the film earlier on in life, maybe. And you mentioned about it can have negative connotations, but because this is the emotional wellbeing podcast, we're very much focusing on the positive. And I'd like to think that we can work out mentally and improve our resilience in the same way that we can physically. Is that something that you, you think is possible? Mm, I mean, it depends what you mean by resilience. Like it's, um, yeah, I'm not like, what would you, what would, how would you characterize that? Well, I suppose in surgery, I see lots of people who respond to difficult life circumstances in different ways. And some of them seem to be able to respond in a positive way that allows them to cope and get through difficulties uh, and others don't. And I don't know how much of that is teachable, but you'd, you'd like to think that we can change to a degree in how we respond to things. Yeah, I, I think the word you just used there is te- teachable. And um, I think it is teachable, but to be teachable, it's got to be taught young. And I think that was part of what we were sort of trying to focus on in, in our video is that, you know, if this stuff isn't taught young then it's not natural to people. And so, you know, you have people that don't potentially um, deal with things in a, in a positive way, like so, you're saying. $4,000 question, Halim, apart from watching your video, how, how do we teach it or how are we taught it? Yeah, well, I think it needs to be part of the curriculum in school. Like, you know, we have physical well-being. We, we do PE for two hours a week. I think, you know, mental well-being and mental resilience needs to be part of the, part of the curriculum, really. I, I 
completely agree. Um, but until that time happens, um, what else can we do? Yeah, so I think again something that came up in our in our podcast, and I, you know, I'm no sort of expert on this, but it is if you're a parent, is sort of try and teach it to your children and talk openly about feelings and and um and sort of just check in with your kids honestly and openly. And I think that's something that every parent can do and is free to do. Um, I suppose with you know, just in everyday conversations, trying to be a bit more vulnerable and open. Um, I suppose these are things that we can all do at any point. We can, we can, we can do this. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's on sort of a small scale, but on a, on a wider scale. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm not sure how they would roll that out completely. Um, the rollout will be interesting, but just coming back on that really interesting point, um, Halim on the small scale and, one of the inhibitors uh, or one of the things that stops us is, is that feeling of vulnerability and possibly shame. And, and how, how do we get round that shame and that feeling vulnerable? Is it, is it a question of um, just trying to sort of just driving through that or, or making it more, more comfortable that we, we regularly talk about not just the negative or the positive, not just the positive, but the negative? Yeah, I, I think you, you raise a very good point there is about po- talking about the positive as, as well as the negative. And I think we do that a lot with our with our physical health. When we're very physically healthy, we we show off about it and we're proud about it, you know, and we say, oh, I'm doing really well with my workouts and stuff. So then when we're physically unhealthy, it's not as uh, it's not as taboo, I don't think. So I think that could be a starting point is to say, sort of be honest when we are having a great time and say, you know, actually, my mental health is tip top right now and I'm feeling great. You know, I feel amazing. And then I think it makes the, you know, when it's not going so well, it makes it a bit easier to talk about. Jesse, do you have any uh, tips on how we can be more mentally healthy and resilient? Yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting question, but it's kind of different for everyone, isn't it? It's one of those things where there is no one size fits all thing. But I think with me personally, if I don't, if I do stop exercising, for example, if I'm, you know, having like a bit of a lazy patch and I'm not doing that, I do, I do really realize that my, my mental health will drop. Like, you know, I won't feel as good. Like I won't kind of have, um, the kind of the energy to do certain things I would do normally. So I think that's something for me that's been, that's been quite important, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, I'd like to kind of echo what Halim said it's about yeah it's being honest about it um kind of not just kind of saying when everything's going great and kind of you know basically doing both kind of talking about things when they are going great but also being honest about when things aren't going so great and and just kind of treating it with the same approach across the board I think is a really important point and you raise a very interesting question about the link between exercise and, and feeling well uh mentally and uh joe wicks who i i follow and a, a huge fan of um i notice he now says don't do exercise to lose weight do it to, to keep positive and mentally healthy which is a great message um the other thing i don't know if if you've found is that i found that if you're feeling okay but have those vulnerable cons- conversations and open up about your own insecurities and and doubts then that allows other people to express their uh insecurities is is that something that you found useful yeah i'd say personally sort of it's all about leading 
by example. And I think that was one of the reasons why I wanted to make this video was sort of to almost lead by example and to try and be a bit vulnerable myself and open myself in, in the hope that it someone would watch it and think, oh, wow, someone's just been open and vulnerable in a video. Maybe I could be a bit more open and vulnerable as well. And I think the reason, again, that I've decided to do that video is because I've been lucky to come across people older than me that have also been open and vulnerable. And then that's helped me to be open and vulnerable. And that's quite a brave thing to do. How do you find people react when you show that vulnerability? Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on the 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 sort of context. So if it's in like a safe environment, so say you're in some sort of a therapeutic type of, you know, um, type of relationship with someone or you're, you know, you're in a safe environment, then it's usually quite good. But when you're putting something out to the world, especially like this video, you you can get mixed responses. Of course, you can get mixed responses and not everyone does respond in a, in a, in a positive way. The, the video is great and we'll put the link in the program notes, but if you just want to Google the future of mental health Somerset, the video actually comes up as the top search results through our young Somerset organization and others. So that's an easy way to find it. Google the future of mental health Somerset. I think I've advertised Google there and I've advertised your own program and, and uh, other things. Anyway, um, as younger men in Somerset, what are your experiences of, of mental health? Um, is it easy to find support? Uh, do you think people drift into problems and don't know where to find support? What, what, what would you say from a personal point of view? Mm, yeah, it's such an interesting question. But yeah, for me, like or when I was around Halim's age, for example, there were not, as far as I was aware, there wasn't really any chat around kind of mental health, kind of awareness and being in that kind of space at all. And I think, you know, for me, personally in the last kind of few years I've kind of seeked that out kind of myself and kind of done bits of counselling and seen what that's all about and kind of meeting like people like Halim and Michael who's also in the film and other people and it's 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 through that kind of meeting people who are also on that same page it's that kind of opens it up a bit do you know what I mean and it's it's in like inspiring meeting people like Halima who are so young and are also very honest and open about everything it's been that's been a kind of really good experience for me personally and Halim you mentioned that uh, when you are vulnerable show that you're vulnerable it's not always a, a positive reaction how, how do you deal with that when when it is negative because we all know that there are trolls and other people out there yeah. Um, so I had this sort of, when I first sort of came into this space about two years ago, I wasn't making videos like this with Jesse. I was literally just whipping up my phone and, and just sort of making videos like that. And, um, yeah, I did have a couple of people sort of message me and say, what are you doing? What, what's all this about sort of thing? And, um, I suppose my, the thing I tried to do was just deal with it with love. So try and say, like don't get go back to them and say oh what, what are you talking about get really angry at them just try and say okay I'm sorry that you feel angry and I'm sorry that you, you feel this way but but not sort of like getting involved in arguing back with them or all of that sort of stuff. I mean, that's a really interesting and helpful uh, response to, to to trolling. It shows quite a lot of maturity to be able to do that because a lot of us might use social media and um, 
I'm very sorry, listeners, but I don't even have a smartphone, so I don't quite know what social media is. Um, but um, uh, it's many of us as teenagers feel insecure and as young, youngsters, and we get that security from other people um, validating us, from other people telling us that we're good. And, and maybe I'm told that most people post really nice things about themselves. Most people don't post uh, negative things. And, you know, I've been on the best holiday ever or I've this look what I've done today. Um, and so I suppose the, the, the question is, how do we help people, especially vulnerable people who are looking for approval from outside, to find that that internal worth, that internal strength, and to know that they are good and valuable people themselves? I mean, speaking from a personal sort of point of view, and I don't want to give anybody advice or tips because I think it's it's different for everyone, but something that's helped me is actually sort of coming off social media and um like when this video was shared on on facebook i i didn't i didn't look at it and i did and i told my mum where it was and people i knew where it's going to be shared but i didn't look at it and um i think that's a trap i've fallen into before is posting something and then constantly looking at how many views it's got how many likes it's got so um i mean now i only use social media maybe once a week just for sort of checking where it's at. And other than that, I don't, I don't use it. So that's a personal thing, but I, I don't want to, you know, everyone's different and something, you know, every pe- everyone has different solutions. I've actually just deleted my Facebook and uh, Instagram the last few days. So this feels particularly, <laughs> particularly relevant at the moment. So I'm not an outlier. <laughs> Peter, you had you had something to say. Well, yeah, I mean, whether it's through social media or, or directly face to face, I think the point you made about reacting to negativity with love is a really powerful message. It's something we're taught, aren't, aren't we, Andrew? That if a patient comes in and is very angry, it can often reflect their inner anxieties or distress that they're overcompensating for. And if you can react to that in a positive way then it will often diffuse the situation and turn people around. It, it takes quite a, a lot to do it um, when somebody is saying something really nasty. But if you can do that, it can be quite powerful what the reaction is. Is, is that something you both agree with? Yeah, I, I agree. And it's not easy because your ego backs up and goes, oh, they shouldn't be talking to me like this. What are they, you know? Yeah, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. I, agree I think it wasn't actually the reason why I deleted Facebook, but I had someone kind of message me with um, some kind of troll like comments about a different video that I put up. Um, and I did kind of the whole kill them with kindness thing did venture into my head and I did get angry about it initially. But then it was actually once I thought about it for a while, it was like, I think like Kaleem says, you can't really you kind of got to think where that person's coming from and they're probably just a little bit unhappy anyway. It's not really like your the thing you've done might have triggered them in some way, but it's actually just them probably having a bit of a hard time themselves when you kind of get to the crux of it. So that was kind of how I, um, how I thought about it. So um, South American wisdom, the five uh, agreements, uh, be impeccable with your word is number one. Say what you mean, mean what you say. Don't say anything else. And that's fairly easy for most of us. Uh, number two is a bit more difficult. Take nothing personally. But so often things real feel really personal, don't they? Uh, number three is make no assumptions. To make an assumption is, is to make an ass out of you and me. 
uh, and uh, we all fall into that trap sometimes. Uh, number four, um, easy to do because that's what we're all doing in life. Always do your best. Uh, and number five is interesting. Be sceptical, but learn to listen. What's going on behind what's going on? So here's this angry person, but what's their feelings inside? Here's this upset person. What's really going on? And um, I suppose um, it would be it was interesting on your film, on your video, to see that there was uh, an, an interview with Michael Maisie. And I just wondered if you could just give us a short uh, synopsis of what happened there and what his story was. Yeah, so I, I, I know Michael. I met Michael um, at the start of 2020. He came in and did a workshop in... Um, at Richard Jewish College. So I, I had a friend that went there and I got involved in a workshop. And since then, I've gone on two uh, men's retreats ran by Michael. And um, yeah, Michael, I'd, I'd call him a, a friend, a good good friend and a, a sort of mentor. And Michael, um, if you don't know Michael, Michael has been in prison. He's, he's I think he was, um, he got charged for attempted murder when he was about 18. He's been a heroin addict he's you know had a, a crazy crazy life and michael is now sort of committed to to service and um yeah he just does some really great stuff he's he sort of turned his life around and it's interesting you say about the sort of old american wisdom because at least on the retreats i've gone on that michael runs and the workshops michael was michael's work is based around native americans and so a lot of his wisdom i think is based on yeah, the Native American traditions. So, yeah, it's interesting you you brought that up. How would uh, people get in touch with those retreats and sign up to them, Helene? Is it the CIP project that he runs, Helene? Is that the name of it? Yeah, it's called the CIP project. Um, and you, they've got a website and you can sort of look on there and they, they run men's retreats. I think they've started running women's retreats. And all I can say is they're hugely, hugely beneficial. And... Um, really really powerful work sort of life-changing stuff and coming back to dealing with people who are angry and negative um a, another useful tool i've uh, i found helpful is transactional analysis this idea that if somebody is very angry they're in, in child mode and that tends to push us into adult or child mode so uh we'll either try and shut them up or, or we'll be angry back whereas if you can stay in adult mode and and stay in a a, a not a, a losing your temper kind of method, then it, it gets the other person down from where they are and can switch them back into a more rational way of uh, of being. I don't know if that's uh, a, a technique that anyone else has come across and finds finds helpful. Yeah, I have. I have found that, but I've found that to to stay in adult mode, adult mode, you first need to check in with that inner child of yours. So when someone starts shouting at you, swearing at you, your inner child or your sort of child mode is going to be going crazy and i think to, to function in adult mode you first need to just validate what the child in you is saying so you first need to validate i get you're angry i get you you know peed off i get you're feeling annoyed about this and then go back up into adult mode because i've found that if you ignore that child inside you it just gets more angry and it just grows and grows and grows 
So you have to help the help the child feel safe, or as in they they would say in the chimp paradox, you you either box the chimp or you give it a banana, um, and so so and then, and then you can uh, move on to something more helpful. If anybody wants to know more about transactional analysis and the drama triangle, um, there's a free resource on the web healthandself.care, healthandself.care, and there's quite a long section on on the drama triangle and transactional analysis in there on the parent adult child aspects. We've got a few minutes left, and really, I suppose I'd like to ask you what Somerset, what other Somerset resources um, do you know about, or should we be mentioning? Uh, there's one that we're always going to mention, which is Mindline Somerset, um, full prize for the first person to do the telephone number. Um, I do have it written down. Um, perhaps I'll go first. 01823, that's Taunton, and that's 276892, 276892, and that's an advocacy and signposting service, uh, Mindline in Somerset. And what, what else might you know about uh, Jesse or Helene that you can suggest to us? Um, well, certainly times change, and and obviously, yeah, Mindline. But, um, I mean, in terms of... In terms of other organisations, I mean, like we had, I think Young Somerset shared our video, which was really, really nice. Um, but in terms of other ones, like yeah, I'm, a, I'm a little bit, yeah, not, I'm not really too clued up on that. So maybe Kaleem could um, name a couple other ones. Yeah, um, I think in terms of Young Somerset, they've got a new project. Is it the Somerset Big Tent? Is it the, the Big Tent? I think is, um, yeah, another resource. I know Jesse said time to change. I think that's particularly useful if you've experienced mental health problems, but now you're interested in potentially giving back and, and um, sort of working to, to reduce the stigma. Great. Thank you very much. So there's quite a lot going on in Somerset. So thanks for coming along and joining us today. Is there anything that you'd like to promote uh, about your videos or your how people can get in contact with you if they want things made and videos made or or any more information about the work that you do? Is there anything that you'd like to share with us? Well, the video is on my website, which is Rexton Film and Audio. Um, Dot com if anyone wants to know anything more about the other vi videos i make but the the one with halim um is on there at the top of the page so if anyone wants to go and check that out and also yeah just um, it's on it's on youtube also so if anyone wants to check it out and obviously um let us know what they think that'd be that'd be amazing and i'd certainly recommend that people do it's a fantastic video and very very useful uh and i i'm you know, very grateful that you guys have, have put your head above the parapet and been very brave, shown vulnerability and shown that it's OK to show that for other people as well. Thank you. Thanks very much. Halim, last point that you'd like to make? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, if you wanted to, to check me out, I'm uh, at Halim Clifton on Instagram and um, sort of we'll, we'll always share our work. And me and Jesse are also looking to work with more charities to make more videos like this so um so yeah we'll this will, this will be be the first of many thank you very much well thank you very much indeed uh, Jess, jesse and helene for joining us today for this very first podcast of 2021 and i hope you I hope you have a wonderful year ahead of you and uh, thank you very much peter as well all the best everyone thanks guys have a good new year thank you you've been listening to the somerset emotional well-being podcast hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group.